Welcome to Into the Wormhole with Larissa and Lauren. I am Larissa Maestro, your captain, and here with me is my number one, Lauren Lowen. We've been stuck down this wormhole for, for a while. It's been a while since our latest episode. Yeah, you know, we've been busy, and that's okay. That's okay. I made some memes. I did make some memes. You did? I did that. I, I found did. some snacks down here, so it's been okay. <laughs> we're stuck in the hole but we've got some snacks and we've got some memes it's like Janeway like there's coffee in that nebula it's like <laughs> pretty sure there's some Doritos over there yeah. in the corner <laughs> if I look in this wormhole but but the question is what kind of Doritos oh that's true because when I was a kid I hated Cool Ranch like I feel like there's Cool Ranch has a big oh. following but I'm definitely just like regular nacho, nacho cheese Doritos nacho yeah cheese. Yeah, I mean, I love them both. I will say when I was on tour recently, I did buy a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos and I ate the whole bag. Okay, that's fine. Not judging you. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think part of it is nostalgia. Okay, so you liked them when you were younger? Yeah. Is what you're saying? I did. I did. Okay. Strangely. <laughs> Weirdly. going to log that away for later. Speaking of nostalgia. Ooh. <laughs> so we had this interesting thought that there's a lot of new Star Trek animation out there, right? We've got Lower Decks. We've got Prodigy that just came out. So we decided to pick a couple episodes of the animated series, the original animated series, and watch them and just talk about them. Yes, which I feel like up, some, what's up with them. Some people are completely oblivious to the fact that this exists my brother is in town and so he actually watched the two episodes in the, in with me yes he's also in the room standing in the corner <laughs> which doesn't make this awkward at all but no <laughs> but he watched it with me which was really totally fun normal. hi john oh, yay <laughs> and uh my dad walked in and he was watching the credits and it's the original cast is doing all the voices so he's watching mm -hmm. it and he knew we were watching Star Trek episodes for the podcast. And then it started and he went, what? It's a cartoon? Um, oh, like, your yeah. dad didn't know. My, yeah, my dad didn't know. My dad's not the biggest Star Trek fan. Don't get me wrong. But he remembers yeah. watching it when he was uh, kind of like a young adult. And so I, I feel like there's a lot of people who either don't know it really existed after the original series got canceled or, or they just completely forget. Yeah, definitely. I love this series a lot. I've watched the whole thing. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. This was my first uh, TAS experience, watching the old cartoons. Oh, fun. Yay. I also just have always loved this animation style from this era. Like the animation style where nobody's chins move, you know, just their lips. Only their lips move, not their chins. Yeah, and like every 10th frame, the head maybe goes up slightly and then back yeah. down. Yeah, and yeah. And everyone's just <laughs> very still. They're very, very still. Their faces are still. When they run, they don't move their arms. Yes, it's very efficient animation. I mean, this reminds yes. me of, you know, the old Justice League cartoon. Yes. Um, the Even like He-Man and She-Ra, where it was like, yes. we were just going to. And like their faces are all skin color. Yes. And yes. there's no whites of the eyes or anything. It's just like black lines on whatever their skin color is. Call it a day. Yes. Yes. I don't know. There's like maybe it's just nostalgia. But no, like, I, there's something I, like very charming about it. Yes. I totally hear you on that because there yeah. is like you said something nostalgic about it. Mm -hmm. Even even though it's super crappy. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not it's not like really detailed. It's not it's just very efficient, like you said. And sometimes like Uhuru's eyes are like 
clearly going in different directions, things yes. like that. There's, there was so, there were a couple times when Spock's eyes like looked like they weren't quite all the way on his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the the cool thing about animation that I like when when you're talking about animation in the science fiction genre is that you can do anything you want. You you and you don't have to worry about like is it practical? How difficult is it going to be to like put this on an actor? How difficult is it going to be to light this costume? How like bonkers is this makeup going to be? Is it going to take 14 hours to do? Like you those yeah. are not problems with animation. You can just draw this shit. You just draw the shit. You just put a cat head on a body and then, you know, make it whatever color you want. Make it have webbed ears, you know. And call it a day. And call pretty it a much. Day. Like, that is very fun. The possibilities are really, really fun. And that's, I mean, that's why I was excited that there were new Star Trek animated series. Because, like, they can do a whole bunch of more random bonkers sci-fi shit. You know, and not have to, like, worry about the price tag. Yeah. And I will say that, um, my goodness, like, even though we're kind of joking around about the actual character animated cells, the yeah. the background uh, environment illustrations are beautiful. They're gorgeous. Like, all the I, paintings. I was completely blown away. My favorite is in one episode where it's Spock's house, like, the courtyard at the fountains. So and then, beautiful. Yeah, they're just, they're they're gorgeous. Uh, the Not only like the design, but the color theory. And there's mm. multiple light sources. And they've definitely got like some retro science design to them. But those were, those were A plus. So yeah. whoever was doing that, that, those were amazing. Oh, yeah. I love hearing you talk about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You're like colored things and light sources and I'm like I thought they were pretty that's okay I talk that way too okay so should we talk a little bit about the two episodes we saw yeah so Lauren picked one and I picked one as usual Larissa chose one that made her feel feelings uh it is it was a yesteryear it's the second episode of the series wait I thought that was my pick oh wait (laughs) Oh my god, I totally messed up and I thought that I picked yesteryear. Well, we kind of both did. We kind of both agreed that we had to pick that. And I think what I did was I said, well, I'll just make that my pick so that you can have, can have another this, selection. And then you selection. Yeah, and you you ended up picking one with which was kind of emotional, which had pink saber tooth space tiger. <laughs> Called the slaver weapon. Emotional. Uh, it's not emotional. <laughs> that one's episode 14 you know why I fe- you know why I thought that I picked yesteryear because I watched I cited and watched yesteryear in the article that I wrote for women at warp because, oh that makes sense yeah because it specifically talks about Spock's mixed race heritage yes and I everything I read said look if you watch one episode watch yeah. this one and that's a pretty big statement for multiple articles to make that claim so I figured okay we have to watch this one and I think it's just literally the second episode of the whole animated series yeah yeah cool do you want to talk about that one first yeah yeah let's do that one um I do want to add that John and I before we watched John asked me a good question he said so is this show it's a cartoon is it meant for kids or was it for adults who were into the series and the only way they could continue was the animated show and I told them I actually don't know that's a good question so we just something I want to plant is that we tried to watch the two episodes and come up with our verdict of of whether we thought it was a true children's show or just just more Star Trek content for the fans that were mostly adults I mean I don't know for sure either. I didn't do <laughs> I didn't do like back backstory research intense research for this either. And I would say that my guess would be that it was meant for kids. And the only reason I say that is because of the time period in which it came out. That yeah. like I don't think that there were cartoons meant for adults yet at that time. You know what I mean? Like even Fantasia, like like you remember Fantasia? When yeah. did Fantasia come out? In like the 1950s? Maybe I think it was later. Yeah. But, but like not- Fantasia is fucked up. 
You know what I mean? Like Fantasia like fucked me up like as a child watching it, but it was meant for kids. Sure. Like sure. it was supposed like it was like Mickey Mouse, like talking to Leopold Stokowski about the orchestra, you know? And <laughs> but also at the same time, it's like we're going to do a fucking bonkers animation of the dinosaurs going extinct to yeah. the right of spring. And then Larissa, baby Larissa, is going to have nightmares about it. <laughs> this is not the lamp of four time. This is not, but also I had nightmares about that, too. Oh. Just death. It was just death. But then it was also like, were there boobs in Fantasia? Because um, remember like the, the half, like the centaur women? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From That was the, the Beethoven Pastorel. Which um, I'm I fine. Think, I think I'm that fine. they I'm were just... scantily clad. Okay. I don't okay. think that they were bare breasted. Okay. The male the male ones were. Whoa. I remember because that was definitely Whoa. like part of my sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Why do I like these half men wearing no shirts <laughs> with horse butts? <laughs> I'm confused on so many confused. levels. Am I supposed to really like these half men with horse butts? <laughs> Doesn't make no sense. But like, these your pony be, face yes. was quite different than other it would, girls. Yeah, it would be different if there was a pony head on a man's bottom half. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's always like when you see the reverse merman. Yeah, it's like no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. It's not hot anymore. Yeah. Uh, but you, if you, you see my point though, that like, yes, like, I don't think it was until even the nineties when there were, were cartoons that were made for young adults, like for actual, like Daria, you know, like that kind of stuff started coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Like when yeah. we had, uh, even like liquid television, like uh -huh. I remember Eon Flux and, yes, um, yes. all the kind of more like experimental animations and stuff. Yeah. At least in the U S market, like we didn't yeah. get that. We didn't get like, that sort of at least hitting mainstream until like the nineties. And even then you had to search for it. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. Like just on TV. Yeah. And I think music videos actually started, you know, like you were talking about Daria and, you know, Beavis and Butthead and stuff yeah. like we, it, I think MTV and VH1 that did a lot to kind of like push it for our generation. Yeah, yeah. And probably a lot of like a lot of Japanese animation also. True. True. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, kind of the US market took a while to to get up there. Yeah, cuz um, like cartoons were just marketed as for children for such a long time. Yeah. But I will say at the same time like rewatching the animated series doesn't feel like rewatching like a, doesn't feel to me like rewatching a kids show. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, like maybe aesthetically a little bit, but yeah, but yeah, John and I didn't know. Like we asked ourselves at the end of the two episodes, like, do what do we feel like? And we're kind of like we don't know. And I looked it up, and it looks like it did win an Emmy for educational children's show. So I don't know if it was just categorized that way. Yeah, and they were like, sure, whatever you want it to be, as long as we're on the air. But yeah, it was recognized at least from a marketing standpoint as a children's show. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like it none of the episodes seem like they were written any differently. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, they they seem like they could have been written for live action. They were and like the first yeah. one we we uh watched yesteryear, it was written by DC Fontana. Yeah, like it I was, was I got so excited. I was yeah. like, "Oh, it is DC Fontana." So, I mean, and she was a regular writer for the for original series and other stuff and so it, it just goes to show that they really were just trying to make Star Trek just okay now we're it's animated um, yeah. but there wasn't any like goofy sidekick you know it's not like well sometimes we had th those kind of animated tropes but but yeah it's not like Spock and McCoy are going down to the planet with with Gooby their yeah. alien sidekick <laughs> what does this button do and yep yep <laughs> Which is what you would expect in all those shows. There was always, yeah, some, yeah, there some was, character like that. There wasn't an Orko. Yes, thank you. Oh, Orko. Bless his little weird heart. <laughs> so, so, yeah, weird. yesteryear. Um, it's, it's Spock. We watched two episodes that had a lot of Spock and a lot of cats, ironically. Um, and <laughs> I know there were fucking huge-ass cats in both these yes. episodes. Uh, I love it. And, 
And the the description for this is actually a really good summary. It's just Spock has to go back in time to prevent himself dying when he's a child. But we do get we get the guardian. Yes. Which like which comes up in the episode The Sydney on the Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then also in the book Mzadi. <laughs> I know, which I swear <laughs> to God I'll read. I promise. You're gonna read it. But like I was like, oh, that shit's fun. And our <laughs> like right off the bat, because it's animated, we have like this griffin humanoid that's yes! just like on its phone. <laughs> yeah. Just like I called him there. Gary. <laughs> yeah, Gary the Griffin scientist <laughs> observing, taking notes in the notes app on his phone. Yeah, because you tell the animals are like, fuck it, we're gonna just put whatever we want. Um yeah. so we have just like a winged beaked griffin alien. Because why not? Why not? This is why I love animated science fiction. Because you just get this shit just in the back. There's we don't have to explain it. There's just of course there's an there's an alien that's got a beak. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have Kirk and Spock come back to and find out that nobody else knows who Spock is, and there's somebody else as the second in command. Andorian. Yes, an Andorian. Yep. And so basically, Spock has. In this timeline, it turns out Spock died when he was a little kid. He and has so to go back in time. Mom. And so did his mom. Yes. And that was so sad. Yeah. So he has to go back in time through the Guardian, pretend to be a cousin, and basically save his own ass because seven-year-old yeah. Spock is conflicted and getting teased for being half-human. And kid Spock decides he's going to you know, prove himself by running away in the middle of the night to... You know, face the wilderness um, and see if he can, you know, face the challenges of an upcoming rite of passage, basically a survival thing. And so Spock saves him and all is reset except the pet. Okay, where do we even begin with the saber tooth pet? Who I wrote kind of reminds me of Jasmine's tiger in Aladdin. Oh, yeah, a little bit, but like more more like goofy goofy like or kind of like uh cringer from back yeah that's exactly what i was thinking from he-man yeah yeah uh this huge like bear cat pet space cat number one yeah and and like so sweet what was his name i don't remember what his i didn't write it down Hold on. I'm going to look it up because it's you are important. too old and fat. I know. Oh my God. That's what a seven year old uh, Spock says. Just like real quick. Children's voices from this time period make me really upset. <laughs> because they talk I... like this. <laughs> Father. There weren't, uh, there weren't a lot of kids with sad cards back then, I guess. It was it was kind of slim pickings. Not. Probably not. You're totally right. I Chaya. Oh, yeah, it was snapped in half because you're so old. And, and it's like so fucking sad. Just like, you know, how it's just sad animals protecting people and then getting injured and dying is really sad. Yeah. It was so like that. It's just, yeah, made me cry. Made me definitely <laughs> made me cry watching it. I was like, yeah, what the fuck? I forgot this episode makes me cry. Makes me cry for a lot of reasons. Because, like, why does he have to choose Vulcan or human? Why can't he just be himself? Which you know? seems kind of, you know, when, when Spock returns and they ask, like, hey, did everything go okay? And he's like, well, a pet died. And Kirk's like, okay, is that going to mess with anything? And <laughs> Spock basically alludes to, like, it affected me and that's okay. Like. I, that's how I took it, at least that like Spock was, came out of this experience a little more accepting of himself as well. Yes. Um. But but I was kind of waiting for something like to go back to the ship and I don't know, like he has a pet saber tooth tiger or something. It's like what something. What's yeah. gonna happen? Everyone's a frog. I kept joking yep. that there was gonna be like some twist again, but they have yeah. a Kazinti officer. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but what if that did change everything? What if what if Kid Spock after that decided like I'm gonna go be a a veterinarian or something right um, it could have drastically changed everything now i'm obsessed with cats and i'm gonna <laughs> yes go, yeah yeah could could be <laughs> that i did think that that was really really sweet that 
that moment where he was like, it mattered to me. Yes. Yes. You know? Or I think he said like, it may have mattered to some. Yeah, he kind of that like alludes Of course, to... that is a more Spock way to yes. put it. My way was a very Larissa way to put it. It mattered to me, <laughs> and I felt it. It was very... Uh, it, and I also think it's so hilarious that this episode is about, you know, the Vulcan controlling of emotion, keeping emotion in check, and it's also a very, like, emotional episode. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I think it, that's part of why it's so beautifully written. I mean, DC Fontana. You know, yeah, like it's it's I I feel like this episode is expertly written. Yeah, um, I mean, it could be a real it could just be its own episode, like you were saying. The, I mean, this could be an episode of Strange New Worlds. Right. Well, and it's so funny because one of the articles I read is that if you liked in the J.J. Abrams, you know, uh, reboot movies like there there is like in the the first one, the scene of Spock as a kid with the playmates yeah. and they were like, hey, if you like that, they did it years ago. Yeah. In this cartoon. And I also cited that in the blog post I wrote for women. Okay. Before. Yeah. I was like, there are, <laughs> there are, there's more than one depiction of baby Spock getting bullied by Vulcan kids. Mm hmm. Yeah. For being mixed. And that makes me feel <laughs> feelings in my heart, of course, as a mixed race yeah. myself. I was thinking about you and just, yeah. you know, we've talked about that theme many times, obviously, because of Star Trek, but I didn't know if. This one, especially in that this this very, you know, dated format as far as like, you know, it came out decades ago. If it mm-hmm. if it felt different or if it felt like it was that conflict was represented any differently just because it was so long ago that they were writing about the subject. It's quite nuanced the way that they explore it in this episode, because. I mean, Spock talking to himself about the differences in his father and his mother, about the conflict there, about the paradox there. Yeah. Being asked to be this way, but then, you know, knowing that my mother is this way, feeling scared of the things that he sees in himself that he knows he inherited from his parents. Like, Well, and also, I mean, the mom, I mean, that's kind of one thing, too, where, sorry to interrupt. Um, no, no. But, but like, grown, you know, Spock Spock grown up Spock says like these traits in your mom embarrass you and you get scared when you see them in yourself and I feel like (laughs) and I can't I don't know because I'm not mixed but I feel like for people who who have parents of different backgrounds that's probably a common struggle where one is where depending where they're raised and stuff if there's a predominant culture they they worry about you know kind of burying or trying to make one side of their family heritage stronger or more apparent than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether that has to do with what we've talked about with a simulation or um, even I had a friend, his, his father is, is white um, and his mom is Mexican and his mom is like on your college application, you put your white, like she very oh, much yeah. wanted. That's some real shit. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and so, it's, I, you know, I understand how that could be when they were talking about it, basically in the show that, that, that definitely hit me on a personal level, but just in yeah. the fact that I know that's such a thing. Absolutely. The desperation as a child to feel like you fit in and that you belong, especially when you're growing up in a culture that is pretty homogenized. I was one of the only non-white kids in my elementary school. You know, um, yeah. there there really weren't many of us like I grew up in upstate New York. It's pretty predominantly white there. There is more diversity in the town that I grew up in just because it's a, like a hub for higher education. But I was one of very few non-white kids and I felt different. I felt othered. You know, I was asked like why I looked like that or like why the Mm. food I brought to school smelled that way, you know, things like that that made me feel different and made me feel like weird. But I mean, I was lucky because I had parents who, who, you know, we talked about my, my mother is very proud of being from the Philippines and very proud of her heritage and like wanted to pass those things on to me. So we did lots of Filipino shit when I was growing up and she like taught us to be proud of that. You know, I mean, that being said, 
watching this episode, I really feel like this is the one of the most accurate depictions of the mixed experience that I've seen in Star Trek. And it's like one of the oldest ones, you know? Yeah. It's very, it's very nuanced and very thoughtful. And it makes you wonder too, in a kid's show, it, it was, I guess technically it was educational kid's show. That's what the, the wiki article said it was pegged as. So mm-hmm. that might account for like the slower pace and the more nuanced writing. Yeah. But I think maybe one of the benefits is the writers may have been able to just write their stories and get them through without a lot of crazy yeah. rewrites because you know who was doing that with cartoons back then like you said um yeah. you know so they probably had an easier time just writing a story and having no one object to it and and keeping it sort of intact in the integrity of it yes yes oh it's very lovely i mean we all know that dc fontana is a fucking treasure mm-hmm. and how important r.i.p yes r.i.p like how important she has been to the franchise. And like, this is a perfect example of like why she was so important to the franchise because she was writing stories like this that were like Mm -hmm. not only exploring uh, Spock's relationship with his racial background, but exploring like, like the society of Vulcan and what that kind of rigidity can do to a child who's growing up not feeling like they belong there, you know? And I felt, I feel seen watching an episode like this. I feel, I feel very represented, you know, it's, there's, it's just a bunch of aliens, but like, I feel as a mixed race American, (laughs) very seen by this episode. Congratulations, DZ Fontana. And thank you you so much. Like just lovely. Lovely. My only complaint is the voice of this child. <laughs> I Can you do nothing? Have you ever heard the sound of Sarek is a liar? <laughs> Please hurry. Oh God, it's like somebody, it's like, who has a child in the building? Get them in front of a mic. Let's record this. It's so awful. <laughs> Should it's we do another so take? No, no, just one. Just yeah, get that's the fine. Get them out of here. here. <laughs> Bring Nimoy back. <laughs> oh my god, it's it really is just so bad. We don't get any trouble. We have this kid for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, he's got soccer practice. We gotta get him out of here. Oh my god, yeah. So. So like love, lovely, loved it. I did too. I'm I'm kind of glad I watched it first. By the time we got to the second one, which is called Slaver Weapon, mm-hmm. I was definitely like, okay, come on, give me, give me some goofy, goofy shit. Like I'm hoping for some goofy space shit, and I felt like yeah. this kind of delivered. This definitely <laughs> delivered the goofy space shit. Oh my god! And I looked back in our text just mm. to make sure I had the right episodes. You're smart. And thank I found you, and it. Thank you for and retexting them to me. I that was on purpose, <laughs> um, but to also make sure we didn't come to the recording the recording session and find out we had totally missed the mark much on which ones we were watching. The, yeah. Um, but you just wrote, "I'm going to choose slaver weapons because cats." And yes, we were not disappointed. Oh yeah, this was lovely, and I'm just like, can we bring back this species, please? Please. Yes. Like, we got our second cat episode. They are very different than our our oafish pet cat. Yes. They're not Aichaya, who I love. Poor Aichaya. <laughs> uh, um, yes, they're not that at all. They're weirdo carnivorous <laughs> trying to take over the whole galaxy. And also, some of them are telepathic, and those ones are depressed. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. We're going to talk about that, because my brother and I agreed that we found out the most interesting like throwaway line, that we're like, wait, what about that? I know. Let's wait, talk about that. But can we, but what the hell? 
this this episode is like all over the fucking place. I know. And I don't even know where to begin. I don't either. And like there's part part of me is like, I don't even know what even happens at the end of this episode, <laughs> you know, but I don't I also don't care because I had a great time watching this. <laughs> I like really don't give a shit. Um, but so we, we open with Uhura, Spock and Sulu in a shuttlecraft. And they have found one of what are called the stasis boxes. And they're artifacts of an ancient culture called the slavers who are now extinct. And these boxes carry like artifacts from this ancient culture. And these boxes can also detect when other boxes are nearby. There's like really no like science fiction yeah they, they kind for of for this they glow when they're close to another one of these boxes and they're also yeah. stasis boxes like they yeah. they stop time so if yeah. you put you know a piece of meat in it and <laughs> open it a thousand years later that piece of meat will not have aged one bit it'll still yeah. be fresh um so that's kind of like also important because it means anything inside it is going to be preserved from this ancient race that was yes. supposed to be pretty advanced and I'm also like, can we use this stasis technology for like, can we again, use, instead of refrigerators, we have stasis boxes. You know what I'm saying? Like, are we going to talk about that? Can we, can we talk about that? Can we have that? Like why uh, use an ice box when you can just, you know what I mean? Your like salad, an organ transplant. Yeah, Although I but, guess, I guess yeah. then they have better technology than that. That's, yeah. So their stasis box starts to glow and Spock's like, whoa actually uhura is like what is that what is happening uhura is wonderful in this episode oh yes oh god i love her so much in this episode um and it is nichelle nichols it is it's everyone and and also uh, i will say just real quick i think that all the depictions of everyone's faces are very accurate yeah yeah no i was Mm -hmm. i was actually impressed even like the random guy oh I guess my computer's not plugged in. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you need power. Power is important. The, like, random guy in the monitor that's telling them, like, no one's heard of Spock in the yesteryear thing. I was even noticing that, like, wow, this this actually looks like a person. It's not just generic yeah. guy on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they looked at someone's face, and they were like, I guess it's going to be this guy. Yeah, so... Yeah. um you know, props for that. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone looks very, like is very recognizable, not just because of their outfits, like their facial features. Like, yeah. Like Sulu looks like George Decay. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably the most generic one is Kirk. Yeah. I mean, and in general, just because he's so just generic like handsome, in every way. handsome action man, like, <laughs> you know, and everybody else probably had a more distinct yeah, face to work yeah. from, honestly. Also, also, Kirk's not my favorite captain, so. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. We didn't have we didn't have Kirk very much, only a little bit in the first episode, and there was no Kirk in this one. Yeah, which I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. There's no Kirk in this episode. Yeah, so I, which is cool because all the secondary characters are together, and you wonder how much in the the original series, the live action one, that you got non Kirk episodes. I mean, you know, not very often. Right. Because right? he's the main character. So it's right. neat to also see that the writers could just work with all the other characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I like because I mean, Spock is Spock's one of my favorite characters, period. And I just want to see Spock do everything. So, yeah. Anyway. OK, so back to trying to figure out what the fuck is happening in this episode. They arrive at the hypothesis that it glows when it's near another stasis box. They get there somehow. I don't remember how. So let's check it out. And they go to find it. They land on this planet that is icy. Uhura's like, it's cold here. And Spock's like, we're not on vacation, Uhura. (laughs) Damn, Spock. It was very funny. Sassy. It was also just like a very like, oh, that's just like what co-workers or friends would just like. Right razz each other in a very Vulcan way. Uh, and the the Zinti just pop out of the snow. Yes. Do you want to describe <laughs> what these aliens look like? So these aliens are cats in pink and purple 
spandex outfits. Hot pink, by the way. Hot pink. Very hot so pink. pink. Um, excellent colors. Like just <laughs> I love the color and they're like uh ginger colored fur. You know, like 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 red reddish brownish ginger colored fur. Their ears are like webbed like <laughs> like aquatic sort of webbed ears. They're all hunched over. They're you know, fluffy faces but they all have sort of like a hunch to them like they're not supposed to be bipedal. You know? Yes, yes. And they they stand upright but they very much have that cat anatomy. Yeah, and they all have it looks like an underbite, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> They got those big teeth and it's, it's Huge like, I, it's like, I, I, it's amazing how many times they were like, all right, saber tooth tigers in space. Yes. That's our alien. That's, um, alien. that's it. Which it makes me appreciate how in lower decks, the nurse is just like a cat person because yeah. I almost feel like that's a nod to yeah. the original animated series. Yes. I don't think she's technically Zinti. She's a different species. Oh, no, she's no, no, a different no, she's not. Species. But it's just like, yeah, somebody's a cat. Yeah. Somebody has to yeah, be a cat. Yeah, somebody could just be a <laughs> Cause cat. Because it's a cartoon. Because, like, why the fuck not? Because in the cartoons, everyone's a fucking cat. Um, we just have a bunch of different kinds of cat aliens. Because why so, the yeah, fuck so not? So, yeah, so it's a trap. Nothing's in the yes. box. It's a trap by these aliens. Oh, yeah, that's right. The box is empty. Do you want to keep going? Yeah, or? the box is empty. They grab up. They, they phaser everyone. They wake up, and they're in a... They're in a web. They're in a yeah, prison it's like web. This, it's like their holding cell is a web on the ground. And basically it's like holding them in place, which is, again is like just wonderful animation where it's like, yeah, we're going to draw this thing on the ground and it's holding them. They're like stuck like a magnet. I <laughs> thought that was. But but then later, apparently you can just run away. Um, <laughs> well, the energy absorber. Oh, oh yeah. Get yeah, ahead yeah, of yeah. yourself. Yeah. Okay. So uh, then they're like. uh they, there's this whole like complex thing that the Zinti are doing where they've stolen a ship, but they haven't actually stolen it. They are actually allowed by their government to like do this. Yes, they're posing as pirates and renegades. Yeah. So that if they get caught, they can say like, well, we're rebels. We don't actually represent the government, yeah. but they really do. Yeah. And that's their way of, of sort of making sure that they don't get in trouble for breaking the treaty and having weapons. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, cool, We now we have your box, and we're going to open it up and see what's in it. And <laughs> in there's a piece of meat. <laughs> in it is a piece of meat. And then all, what? Um, <laughs> I think that was just to illustrate again the idea that like there's no time yeah like there's no time passes like, they're like see fresh meat the meat's fresh meat's fresh uh and Uhura comments on it she's like wow that's very fresh meat. <laughs> sorry yeah it, it feels so like more like a shoebox of a kid where it's like we got a stamp we got a little race car and oh and there's this like secret weapon we're not sure yeah, it yeah. looks like and a gun and also of a some picture. sort uh, also a picture oh, yeah. of, of the <laughs> it's like here's a of framed photograph alien. of my grandmother yes. uh, a piece of raw meat and some kind of potentially deadly weapon Yes, of course. <laughs> and this is what we put in our time capsule and then buried underneath the school. For school. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> buried under the school. I'm sorry. That's just very funny. I was so fucking entertained by this episode. I know. It's like, uh, that was, yeah. Oh, also, also, I, we have to mention that um, occasionally one of the Zinti is telepathic. So. <laughs> And that oh, I wrote down what they de- how they describe them, and th- that these yes. telepaths are unhappy neurotics. Oh my god, John and I, <laughs> my brother, we after the episode, we thought this was by far the most interesting thing yes. from it. Yeah, also, all these cats they, they come draw in. Them, they draw the telepath cat so <gasps> sad. Like his, he's like malnourished and his fur and ears are droopy and it's just like that sad cat 
um, that's that's like pawing at your back door, like an alley cat. Like it just looks like it yes. needs a little love, a little meal. It's give so that sad. meat to that cat. Give the, <laughs> that cat deserves the meat. Please give the meat to that cat. So, can sorry? Can I interrupt? Oh yeah, go ahead. Because I gotta I gotta go into this telepath cat because. The whole idea is that these, yeah, like you said, once in a while, one of the cat aliens are, they're telepaths, but that it is so strenuous on them, this ability and the ability to do it, that they're they're just sort of like mentally and health-wise compromised, which yes. I found really interesting. Yes. <laughs> and, and I thought it was going to be kind of like a crucial point like I thought there was gonna be a callback to that like at the end maybe that right. cat was gonna like help them or they were gonna use that advantage to sort of turn the tide but they 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 just sort of like do it for world building and then never mention it again yeah. except for the fact that this telepath cat sometimes gets really tired and frustrated yes. but I thought that was so cool yes the other thing I thought was hilarious was like that the advice that Spock gives to Sulu about, you know, protecting what's in his brain from this telepath is to think about eating vegetables. No. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they Spock brings up that they are going to want to eat them. I guess this is like well documented. And so they're not going to eat Uhura because she's a woman, but they're not going to eat Spock because he's a Vulcan. So that leaves Sulu. And so he's like, Sulu, imagine eating a raw root vegetable. <laughs> like okay and then they call him they call them flat tooths flat how i missed that that was so fucking funny i was like think about eating a vegetable just hilarious like (laughs) that's your defense is to think about your flavor think about (laughs) eating a root vegetable your flavor is celery oh my god so (laughs) don't be tasty fucking hilarious so so yeah, they they find the weapon and they're like, okay, we're gonna test it out on y'all. So they take him outside. <laughs> like, why did they have to take him outside? I don't know. So they take. I don't. Know, they don't want to hurt I their guess, ship. That okay, kind of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I guess it's practical. Um, uh, do we need to talk about the dumb cat women first? Oh shit! That all of their women are dumb. Yes. Is dumb the word they used? Um, or was it stupid? Unintelligent. I feel like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Spock. So Spock's not going to say stupid. Yeah. That's not a Spock yeah. word. Spock's like, they're all stupid bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and Uhura's like, bitch refers to dogs, not cats. <laughs> oh. oh, and then she like uh, snaps. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, Spock. What now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. And um, it was just like an awkward yeah. comment too. It wasn't even like important. Like we don't see any female Zinti, you know? So yeah, they won't see. It. It's a little bit of a setup because later when they're outside, Uhura does try to do something sneaky. Mm. And the setup is that since they're apparently their females are, are dumb <laughs> that, that like they're not going to expect it. So yeah. Uhura tries to get away at some point. She doesn't succeed. And one of the aliens is like, you idiots, they're, they're women are intelligent. Yeah. But before this, when Spock's just letting her know, she's just kind of like, excuse me. <laughs> she has definitely like a number one moment where she flings it back at Spock yeah. and is like, Oh, thanks buddy. And <laughs> like, fuck you, man. Oh God, I love Uhura so much. She's got so many moments like that in this episode. Just little moments like like when she's just like, It's fucking cold here. I hate it. <laughs> I just yes. I mean, just just stuff that you wouldn't expect to hear in a animated show and from this era, you know? Like like stuff yeah, that's yeah. just like people talking to each other and not not always exposition. You know what I mean? Like reaction. Yeah, just not stuff. her stuck on the bridge yes. and yeah yes. there was probably just some more playful language in the, yes, the animated playful. series it is very playful uh so they take them outside to try out the weapon on them um and it turns out the weapon has like a billion different settings and they have no idea how it works <laughs> there's a toggle switch that like morphs the weapon into different shapes and then which is pretty cool. Which is very cool. I really And again, it. like one of those things that you could do in an animated show. Exactly. Like you can't build that. Like you would have to animate that in to a live action anyway. Like that would have to be CGI. Yeah. Uh, that would exactly. You know. So like the only way to do that is animating it. 
which is really fun. So they're just like trying to figure out what this weapon does and they can't figure it out. It's and it's so fucking funny watching them be like, I don't know. What about this guy? What what about what does that button do? Like, how do we do? And we spend a lot of time. Yeah, there's there. <laughs> there's one setting that. Well, and the funny thing is they're not even sure it's a weapon once they start yeah. it. There's one setting that's just like a telescope and they're like, well, oh, we yeah. already have this. And then another setting, it like starts to shoot almost like a little jetpack rocket, and the alien goes flying <laughs> with it because there it's still are, holding there on. There are literal flames coming out of it. Yes, yes. So it's sort of like, oh, wait, is this a weapon? Is this just a thing? Which I I thought was fun. This idea mm-hmm. that it's just like some sort of space army knife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, it is like a space Swiss army knife. It's. Very, so very they start silly. questioning. Yeah, they start questioning. Is this even a weapon? Is this worth it? And oh my gosh, it's very, 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 very silly. So I, I don't remember how this happens, but Uhura ends up escaping. So oh, it's because they the weapon they switch it to a a toggle that is like an energy sucker drainer. Um, so it shuts everything off, um, including the web that's keeping them you know, together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Uhura, like in a very hilarious way, like they show just like her toes, like, (laughs) like tiptoeing off of this web, but like they're barely moving. They're just like doop, 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 doop. And then she runs away really fast, not moving her arms at all. Yeah. And they all, they all run. They're like, Spock's like, okay, remember to zigzag. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's get back. You never see that in the animation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't. You can't. They. I mean, you can't show them zigzagging. We're only in two dimensions. <laughs> well, you could have a shot. I mean, you could have a shot from the back. All, but could, yeah, they're we, just show them running diagonal, even, we, and then yeah. flip the damn animation cell. And <laughs> but yeah, there is. I know that's that's too much money. Just show them from the side. Just we animate only it once. show people from the side. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is the only way that we can show people. We do not have zigzag budget money. Uh, no. No, 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 no. Uh. They do. They are able to like scoop up the weapon, but then they're phasered, right? Yeah, they get a hurrah. Yeah, and then and then uh, Spock actually has the device and concludes that he they won't call for help because the main alien has been sort of shamed by the fact that a a vegetarian <laughs> flat tooth pacifist yeah. has uh, beat him or thwarted him. So that to restore his honor, he has to defeat Spock before he calls his government for help. So that kind of buys them some, I guess, like some time and some bargaining um, ability. The, so, the whole, the, the whole like carnivore vegetarian thing is right? fucking hilarious. <laughs> like meat eater versus, I guess, the cow that Spock is. Right. According like, to I, this. Can't, <laughs> I can't believe I've been beaten by a vegetarian. Like that right. is... <laughs> so funny that is so fucking funny oh god so uh yeah but they do end up getting captured again and brought back into the zindi ship yeah because they're gonna do a trade because they do realize they do actually find a setting on the device that is a powerful weapon yeah and sulu points out oh well now we really can't give it to them we can't trade the device for hura yeah so spock says i will trade myself because at least that's one of the ideas. Yeah. He's like, I'll trade myself because he needs to defeat me to get his honor back. And But yeah, they end up getting captured again and the aliens basically blow themselves up, which <laughs> seems like a very Star Trek thing, I guess. Like, see, that's what you get, kids. Yes. It's like a very pack-led kind of thing. It's a very, like, Ferengi yeah. kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, they're, totally. They're very... They're their own worst enemy yes. because... Because they're yeah. stupid, like it's <laughs> because they're they're ignorant, be, or because they're they're uh, they're, they're driven by greed and yes. war and violence, and or they're overly therefore... self confident. You know, True. like there's that's a Star Trek trope. The like the like alien doofus race. Yeah, <laughs> definitely more like um, definitely uh, less packed and more. I I like how you said Ferengi because it's almost like they are. Again, they they are trying to steal and and do do all the bad things basically mm-hmm. to get ahead, and it ends up biting in the in the butts, which has like a very 
you know, moral of the day type thing. Ends up biting them right in the in the tail. Right the, in the potato. <laughs> <laughs> right in the Save that one snip. for all the the slightly offensive Irish oh. betrayals in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> bites them right in the potato. So, so I mean, so my takeaway from this episode is just like this is really fucking fun and hilarious, uh, and I very much enjoyed the outfits. I liked, oh gosh, I liked the out because I feel like in modern sci-fi there is like a general lack of color in. Well, that's true. It's very like utilitarian. In yeah, a and I'm just like. No, somebody wants a fucking hot pink and purple uniform. You yeah. know, somebody wants that. Some group somewhere across the galaxy wants to wear bright colors. And I would love to see. I mean, they have everything planned out. They've shot Strange New Worlds already, probably. But like, wouldn't that be fucking great? Oh, wouldn't that be, it would be great if they wonderful? came back? <laughs> I will say the speaking of wardrobe, um, I love that in the animated series. I remembered that I do remember that they had just the life support belts, and yeah. the animators just have instead of having any sort of like suits or anything, yes. it's just like there's a glowy yellow line I over love the character, that. and and I'm like perfect, perfect. That's efficient. John was like, why do they have a yellow line around them? And I'm like, well, that's their their oxygen and their warmth. Like yep. you don't have to worry about. Yeah, drawing a whole nother coat on them or something. It's just that. Easy peasy. It's wonderful. It's the their own personal force field. Like, beautiful. Love it. Although, although that's funny because it's not because they get shot. Because John get... was also like, what about the yellow line? I mean. I was like, I guess it's not a force field. I mean, come on. Just it's, life support. It's kind of how I feel about, like, the personal force fields in Dune. Like, do they do anything? Like, it seems like they don't. I haven't seen Dune yet. Oh, I mean, just, like, in the. <laughs> okay. In the, the you can stab through them. Why? What's the okay. point? If I can stab through your force field, like why? Come on. Like that doesn't feel like it's doing anything. This is just. <laughs> I like the idea of a personal force field, but it has to be effective. It doesn't feel like they're effective. It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. We still have yeah. not. <laughs> We're not at a place in the evolution of science fiction in general where we've really yeah, <laughs> ironed out they, all the kinks in the personal force field idea. You know what they did? They got online. They they tweeted at the company and they said, hey, guys, we love that we can breathe and we're warm. But can we do something about physical violence, maybe? Yeah. Could, you know, could so, we make it so people can't kill us in here, too? Yeah. So hopefully the company is going to, you know, tweet back at them and the in the next <laughs> model, they'll improve it, you know? <laughs> I live in, in the very, very distant future. We're still tweeting at companies still, and asking yes. them for things. <laughs> um, I'm really glad that we watched these episodes, man. I like it, it was it's really fun to like think about not only like the way that animation in general has changed and evolved so much since then. Like this is with early 70s. But it's also just really fun to see how like ideas for Star Trek have evolved since then. Because really, this was the second yeah. iteration. This was the second yeah. show. Or this was the second thing, Star Trek thing, that ever happened. Uh, so I, it really does feel like there was some streamlining of storytelling happening. That they were able to do, have a lot more freedom in this this art form basically than they did yes. with the live action TV show that there's not only creative freedom with like, we can put weird aliens in here everywhere. We don't have to worry about like makeup and stuff, but also like, it seems like they were able to tell the stories they wanted to tell. Yeah. I'm sure they had a lot less um, policing over the writing. Cause they weren't so much like worried about, we need this rating because you're competing with Lost in Space and they have so many weird aliens in there. Or just, again, like the, no, 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 you can't talk about that. Yeah. Like, that's too, you know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I mean, you're right. It's like a, yesteryear is like a, for a, what's, what was uh, coined as like a children's educational series. You know, the first one definitely got into some very, like, heavy material. So yeah. So that was refreshing. I, 
I'm going to say, I know you said you watched, you've seen all of these. This yeah. was my first uh, delve into this series. Um, so I think the one thing I would say, if you're like me, where you, you know it exists, but you've never seen the episodes, is the advice I'm going to give our listeners is... Uh, it's probably worthwhile to look up a few lists online. There definitely are websites and stuff that have kind of kind of said like here's the the ten essential or the ten best. Yeah. Because just I think we got like two ends of the spectrum. We kind of got really like again did. like a goofy a goofy one, and then we got one that definitely felt like it was just a Star Trek story, just animated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it might be. A worth your time to to just scope out like the top list and look at some of those because um, otherwise there's what two seasons I think mm-hmm. there's quite a bit yeah so yeah. a little editing if you just want to take a taste and see if you want to watch all of it is probably yeah. um, a good decision or this seems like a really great thing to put on while you're folding laundry true true or that <laughs> yeah the idea it's like put it on yeah I yeah. uh I very much enjoyed this and I'm looking forward to more Star Trek animation. You know, we just finished Lower Deck season two. Lauren and I will be talking about Lower Deck season two. We will get there. I got a threatening glance from Alyssa. No, no, never. <laughs> no, not threatening. Never, just never. Like... <laughs> and Prodigy is out, and I haven't watched any of Prodigy. Um, yeah, but and I'm very, ex- is... I'm excited about that. Um, that one is meant for children. Yes, I'll be very curious. Like what? Yeah. yeah yeah to like see because like t- i mean i would say technically that's like like we explored earlier the animated series was meant for kids and that prodigy is now only the second star trek product that is meant for children yeah yeah i think we could agree with that and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of batshit crazy to see how, how different. not only the animation style but just like this new one is like color action Ah, and it it just shows you how much has changed the pacing is like the most like bonkers thing to me that's changed like it's it's like kids need to have so much stimulation all the time you better keep them stimulated all the time yeah can you imagine like i don't think like there's the pacing is gonna it's that's gonna be crazy there's so much silence and like introspection in especially in yesteryear like there's yes <laughs> and and mind you it is a trailer so of course they're gonna like stuff the trailer full of that stuff but um, i've seen stuff for kids you know i've seen like even like toy story you know sure like sure. it's a lot there's a lot going on in ch- the lego movie you know what i mean like it is like it feels like cocaine <laughs> and I've never had cocaine, but it feels like what I assume cocaine is like. I I hear you on it. Believe yeah. me, as somebody who has two small kids, um, yeah. I definitely appreciate the difference between like the more slow paced shows yes. versus oh, like Andrew, even though he's three, he doesn't like PJ Mask. He doesn't like anything that's like action packed or cars or anything. He's much oh. more into these quieter shows that are like the dump truck has balls. It's going to put the balls in the pit. And I just sit there and I'm like, oh, this is soothing. <laughs> oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Like, I can do this. <laughs> I like, I'm I'm happy for you. I'm happy <laughs> Thank for you. Thank you. Day. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say I'm, I love, I loved it. I highly recommend. I'm excited for more animation. I love, I love animated sci-fi where you can do whatever the fuck you want. And. Yeah, this was fucking fun. This was great. Yeah. I'm probably going to yeah. I'm probably going to just put more of this on in the background. You know? John and I, yeah, cuz John and I agreed that we just felt like it was Star Trek just and you know, the the episodes are about 20 25 minutes uh cuz it is a cartoon, but it's sort of like it's just more Star Trek. So, yeah. if you really liked TOS and you kind of just want more of those stories, maybe some of them are a little get a little silly at times because it is a cartoon from that long ago yeah but yeah it's just sort of like hey if you want more star trek these these characters spock and kirk and crew then yeah check them out yay little, and little also mini, do hand, mini star trek 
Also, fun fact, Doohan does a lot of voices, a lot of different voices. Oh, really? Yeah. And it, that's fun. It's fun nice. to be like, is that him? Is that Jimmy? <laughs> is that you, Jimmy Doohan? <laughs> Every time you spot him, uh, take a drink. <laughs> you got to take, take a shot of scotch. Every yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Find us in the collective at intothewormhole.show, on Instagram at intothewormhole.podcast. Into the Wormhole is brought to you by We Own This Town. But I'm talking about your your spring mix is never going to turn into sludge in the bottom of your fridge because it's in a <laughs> state. It's in stasis. Yes. It's not just refrigerated. It's in stasis. You can keep that salad good for as long as you need to.